Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm getting to interview a long-term friend. In 1982 or three, when we were getting ready to leave Hermosa, this young guy was coming from the San Fernando Valley, about 40, 45 miles away, and he'd go surf on Sundays and then come to church Sunday night, and pretty soon he started bringing his friends, and he brought so many friends, they ran out of cars, and he hits (laughs) me up one day, you need to start a church where I live in, in Sherman Way in the San Fernando Valley, and, and, uh, as he, did that, I, I turned it around on him and go, um, you know what, you need to start a church in the San Fernando Valley. So 20 years old, he he's planted a church and he stayed at it for decades and they have planted churches. It was called Hope of the Valley in Sherman Oaks, California. And now he's in uh, Missouri, Springfield, Missouri. Uh, I, I think that's the next door to heaven for the Assemblies of God folks, but yeah. Anyway, uh, he's planting a church there. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Wow. Thank you, Ralph. I'm, I'm doing well today. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a long uh, year and a half in, in terms of transitioning from California, that godforsaken land that you're still living in, to, uh, to the buckle of the Bible belt, some people say. Um, but really good it's been a it's been a wonderful uh time to really evaluate my life i suppose a late midlife sort of crisis and and to revisit uh why um you know my my call as as a pastor and a leader and it's been really difficult and wonderful all at the same time learning how to reconnect with god in a wonderful way uh and coming out the other side i think with some some great vision for uh however much time i have left on this little plan that's good you know i want to just explain to people who are are listening jeff jeff was put into an odd situation where uh one of his church plants was uh putting along doing okay but somebody got the bright idea that jeff should retire from the church he pastored for uh gosh, I don't know, 40 some odd years and go out and, and help the guy, which would be a threat to any pastor. The, 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 the man who mentored me and sent me out is now in my church and supposed to be up, up under me. And, and so it just, it didn't, it didn't work. And so their friends are doing great. Uh, but they, they've decided that it's better for Jeff to go out and plant. And, and so the youngest Hope Chapel church planter ever is uh, right up there, uh, close to being one of the oldest. You know, I think maybe I was the <laughs> oldest at 66. We started one. How old are you, Jeff? I'm 63. 63. So yeah. you're still just a young kid. Um, but but tell us how it's shaping up, because I think I, I think we're hearing so, so much about microchurch 
and penetrating kind of microcultures around us. And I think that's really healthy and I'm really proud to be a part of that movement. But one of the things that I, I'm noticing is there, there can be a little bit of an arrogance toward legacy churches or prevailing model churches, like they're wrong, we're right, all that. Mm -hmm. And I know you don't suffer from that problem, but um, you're 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 kind of doing a hybrid. You're 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 doing a prevailing model church that's also a microchurch network church coming right out of the gate. And tell us about what's going well. Tell us what's going not so well, because I think that is really useful to people who are listening to this. And tell us about the, the cool place that you found that you get to meet. Yeah, well, it has been, thank you. It's been, it's been a, a wild ride in a sense. Um, I've found, interestingly, Ralph, that the Legacy Church uh, has the same sort of down their nose attitude about the microchurch, missional microchurch movement. So it's interesting how there's that little battle uh, being, uh, you know, on both sides of the coin. Uh, I'm a part right now, our sending church is a legacy church here in Springfield. And, you know, when I first started talking about a network of house churches and or microchurches, um, he was very suspicious of calling that a church at all. And uh, it, it was fun to work through some of that with him. I think he's finally accepting that um, disciple-making movements is, is, is real, and um, the microchurch movement is real, and an authentic expression of Jesus' church here at this time, especially in in the West. And um, for me, it's been a real battle to embrace. I've always looked to your model as the way that church should happen, which is kind of a, you know, loosely a lecture lab framework where we're looking at the larger context and public meetings to do both, I guess, uh, you know, the beginning, the, the launching pad for disciple making into what we called mini churches for the um, heavy lifting, the building of community, developing leaders and multiplying those groups to also uh, identify potentially gifted leaders who might have what it takes to launch out and plant. Um, so I, I've, I've struggled quite a bit myself at um, the what seemed like a great departure to me from that, even from, in, in your uh, podcasts and your uh, interviewing guys and, and producing the content that you have been lately. I, I was, uh, it took a while for me to realize this always comes out. I'm always I'm the greatest Ralph Moore fan on planet Earth. So this is, you know, I always risk it sounding like I'm blowing uh, smoke. But um, you know, you have just you've done this for a long, long time, and the I think the genius of what the Lord used you to do um, is 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 showing even today that 
that has just been at the core of his strategy for the multiplying of believers, leaders, and churches. And that is the, you know, larger public context uh, gathering of believers in a region, in an area, in a city, wherever, and, and generating excitement and seeing God do marvelous things in the larger context with the sharing of testimonies, good preaching, awesome worship times, um, all designed as an on-ramp for people to connect in Christian community and go deeper. And that's what, that's what happened to me and how we ended up planting the church those many years ago is there was an opportunity there in a small little mini church and there was a, a a mini church pastor named Dale Yancey who grabbed a hold and 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 because of the vision of Hope Chapel in Hermosa Beach to recognize and cultivate and send leaders he, he put his arms around me and um you know help develop me uh and see that i might be able to actually do something with my life for Jesus, which shocked me completely. Um, but things like, you know, leading a Bible study before I knew anything about the Bible even, but he's there to babysit. He's there to, you know, encourage and correct. And I can remember, oh gosh, I don't want to get into war stories, but um, I think that I felt confused. I've, I've, so I, I'm like, oh no, this new micro church thing. I know how to plant a legacy church. I understand the way that looks. I've been doing, I've, I did that. I've been helping others do that. Um, I get it. It's kind of turned into a little bit of a science. We've identified the way for these things to be successful, mostly with large launches and the finances needed to make it work building the teams and the systems ahead of time. But now we're talking about starting too small to fail, which is language you use that I wish I was smarter and listened to you a long time ago, because that's what we're doing this Sunday, actually, tomorrow uh, in our home. We've had meetings in our home, and we've seen the Lord do some wonderful things. But, like, we just decided that's it. Officially, we are, um, you know, do, doing this weekly in, in our home. Um, so the confusion was, uh, I believe in the large gathering uh, idea because I see it in the book of Acts happening. It might have not been like what we're doing today exactly, but the evangelism that takes place with those um you know, large groups of people hearing the preaching of the gospel and seeing God do great work and hearing testimonies, et cetera, was, you know, worked and works today, I think, for um, for evangelism still. So I like gathering crowds of people if I can. Um, I'm not all that great at it, but but I thought I had to throw that out and just embrace small multiplicative stuff for the rest of my life. And, and what I found in coaching with you in the crew 
uh, in the Equippers lab, I think is what it's called, is um, you weren't saying throw it away. You you weren't saying, you know, re reinvent the wheel. You were saying just be smart and dig in deep on the making disciples who make disciples. Put your energy there. Let your focus be multiplication. Use those, use metrics of multiplication for success and transformation. Don't get hung up in the addition and the gathering and keeping, um, which I think the legacy church sadly is, is guilty of. And um, again, I just heard you saying, uh, you know, I think exponential, I can be all over the map, Ralph. So just please pull me back if I, if I'm being disconnected, but exponentials kind of identified you as the only real level five leader, at least up until recently that we're aware of because you lived there in that model of, um, deep and wide you lived there in that um and and we're seeing the church as a training center to to equip the saints to make disciples to multiply you know believers just the way we do it with the lord and the power of those spirit and sharing the gospel with people um and multiplying leaders and and, and churches and, and using that lecture lab thing. And you, I asked you, I just came out and said, Ralph, in my confusion, what would you do if you were to start over now? What would you do in my shoes? And, and you said that um, I wouldn't use a different model. I would use the same approach and, and follow my value for multiplication. And my vision's been informed by the scripture in the book of Acts and a prophecy given to me about the coconut tree that's been driving Hope Chapels all this time. And uh, I don't know, but I just felt so encouraged and I just made a decision, you know, I'm not going to do a traditional legacy church, but I I do have to keep my uh, feet um in the water there with meeting publicly and a refocus on multiplication instead of just growing that church. So we, in terms of the niche, we feel we see a need here with uh, what you start out with single adults, young generation Z. We have four universities in a two mile radius and we have 40,000 kids in that you, uh, that college district who are so confused and need Jesus. So we're focusing there. We found a coffee house with a music venue attached to it. And I love music and I've been involved with music all my life almost and played in bands till I met Jesus, which I still did afterwards, but um, which I don't think I ever told you that. I was in a rock band. We had a record deal. I told the I told the guys I can't play 
this kind of music anymore when I became a believer at Hope Chapel and uh, said, we're, we're going to play music for Jesus or I have to leave the band. And, and I thought for sure they were going to say, see you later, Jeff. And they all said, okay, we'll become Christians and play music for Jesus. <laughs> Literally a true story. That band became the first worship team at Hope Chapel of the Valley when we launched wow. uh, about three months later. We, we walked away from our record deal and we rewrote uh, Christian rock music. Our first gig, Ralph, was Hope Chapel on Friday nights. Oh, in, uh, so I didn't know if you knew that. But um, so we're into music. We found a venue called the Classic Rock Coffee Company. And the riff is the music venue attached to it. It's one company, both venues, and it's perfect. It's not right in the middle of the college district, but pretty close. And we've uh, found favor with the owner there. I told him what we're wanting to do. And so we're envisioning kind of like a school of Tyrannus approach where that becomes the hub of our outreach. And, um, and then it also becomes uh, our, our, our church gathering. So we're going to launch there in the fall with Alpha. We don't even think we're going to call it Alpha yet. We're probably going to call it Dinner and Drinks Party. So we have that going. We've been also uniting. Um, uh, we have several people who are doing uh, their own ministries uh, and aren't connected to the churches. Maybe a lot of them are duns. A lot of them are house church leaders. And I was struggling with that too, because I have a heart to unite pastors. That was one of the better things that God helped me with in LA was to unite pastors. And that became a real lifeline for all of us, just a place where we could pray together, care for each other, etc. And so I have this weird heart to unite churches interdenominationally If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.